say welcome back to the show welcome back to the show my goodness what a day almost died earlier today um i don't want to make the introduction about my near-death experience but maybe a little teaser because if you listen to this podcast within the first five minutes i tell you the experience yikes anyways Wow, what a conversation this was with Ethan. Man, me and him clicked. It was a great conversation. We talked about just about everything, but that's what this podcast is, the Curiosity Chamber. We went down a bunch of different avenues. Uh, You can read the description to see what it's about. I can't even get into it. But Ethan, who's Ethan? Ethan is an online addiction coach. He helps men get shredded and ditch their vices. He's an Air Force vet. He's got a BS in health and wellness, calisthenics, CrossFit. He's a fitness writer and YouTuber. Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Ethan at Chart. Ethan, what's up, man? Thanks for being here. Not much, Jay. Thanks for inviting me on, man. I'm excited to chat with you tonight. Yeah, same here. Yo, Have you ever had a near-death experience or a close encounter to dying? (laughs) (laughs) That's a good question, man. No, I would say like, I mean, I guess besides like skydiving and stuff like that, where it, you know, you're you're basically safe. It's not that near death, but besides that, nothing too entirely scary. I guess living out here in Medellin, um, I, I live in Medellin, Colombia now, and so I kind of like ran into like kind of a weird neighborhood one time at night, but nothing was too crazy. Just kind of like some interesting characters, and uh, but I, I I wasn't too worried or anything. I was actually kind of like a little high too. So I think I'm actually like the opposite. I know a lot of people get kind of like paranoid and like afraid when they're high. I'm kind of more like everything's okay. Oh, that's that's interesting. That's like how I am. So, but no, no, nothing like, like that, man, that I can, no. (laughs) I've had two near death experiences and the second one was today. Really? What? (laughs) Yeah, man. It was, it was bizarre. So I'm, I'm feeling kind of like, still a little shaky like uh-huh. my body was in overdrive for yeah, yeah. a little bit and now i'm just like i'm still trying to come to but what has happened wow is I, I i run a lot man so i've like the past three years since the pandemic hit i would go for a run like three miles every other day uh-huh. and i don't know man for whatever reason i, I did my three miles today uh-huh. and then i went into my shower usually i'll take like 10 minutes to like kind of unwind and rest after my run, but I had to go pick up my kids. So I, I took a shower right away, a hot shower right after my run. Yeah. And I was just, I've been listening to a, a podcast and all of a sudden, man, like my heart just like started uh. upticking, like going so fast. Dude. And then my vision started blurring. Yeah. I had conditioner in my hair, my hair. And like, I wasn't thinking right at all. So I stepped out of my fucking shower while yeah. I'm, I'm like drenched. I got conditioner in my hair. I'm just trying to like survive because yeah, I yeah. can't breathe. I'm like, I feel like I'm having a fucking heart attack. I'm like, I can't yeah. be having a heart attack right now. What's happening? 
I was about to run into my hallway and knock on someone's door or call the ambulance. Like I was freaking the fuck out, man. Like, yeah, this hasn't happened to me before where my heart just like started beating so fast and I started fading. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what the fuck that was all about, man. So I'm kind of like spooked out a little bit. That's a, that's a thing. Um, I didn't even know about that. I know what you're talking about though. My, my, my girlfriend, she actually has told me about this. I don't know what you call it. Cause she, like, she explains it to me in Spanish. I don't really know how to explain it in English, but like, yeah, you, when you do hard exercise, you can't, you're not supposed to go hop in a hot shower right afterwards. Cause you can faint like that for me. I don't know. I guess maybe I usually wait a little bit longer. I don't know. Maybe I, cause maybe for, for your instance today, it was like immediately after, huh? Yep. But, right after I never do that. Yeah, because I think like I've I felt like I've usually showered hot. I don't know, I, I, but I take a lot of cold showers too. So maybe it's just like usually after my workout, I have never had anything like that happen. But that's crazy, dude, that you experienced that. Because I've like I, I didn't really believe her when she was telling me that. Because I'm like, no, no way. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's that's wild that you, that your yeah. girlfriend can relate and you've actually heard stories like this. I was looking online, like on Google too, and like the exact thing that you just said is what I read. I'm like, you're not supposed to go into a hot shower immediately Man. after. Yeah. And, you know, sure enough. Yeah. I almost dropped, dude. The other time that it almost happens, this isn't what, this wasn't the near death experience the other time, but this, I kind of felt the same in this situation. I was in Japan when is it uh december early december Uh, and they have these hot springs and i went to a right from a sauna for about 15 minutes and i i went right directly into a cold plunge oh yeah yeah and then i I like stood up and i'm like oh fuck dude i'm gonna drop holy shit i don't feel right at all like there's a surge of just like i thought Uh my heart was gonna stop yeah so it's not it's uncomfortable man yeah, dude that's really creepy that's wild yeah i mean like when you've have you like given blood before and have issues with like passing out or anything too or not nothing nothing ever <laughs> at all i was doing yeah, like intermittent fasting for like a super long time and then like i gave blood uh one of those days and i had ate like nothing and so oh. i was like <laughs> i left and then i drove my car and i like felt like i was gonna pa- pass out when i was driving my car i was like not a good idea so then i got to like yeah. the next building and then when i got out i was still felt like super lightheaded and i got like inside this room and i had to sign a paper i was like on the edge of like barely like conscious but like almost like falling like fainting but I, that was weird dude. that kind of creeped me out too i was like dang like it's weird how our blood sugar is that sensitive you know it's so sensitive yeah so at that moment when you were about to pass out did you feel your heart like the rate just go like in the express lane just start beating really heavy and fast yeah yeah i was like i could feel that but yeah. then also like i could feel like my head was like numb you know oh jesus man yeah <laughs> Yeah, so, so it's, when when shit like that happens, man, like it can you can it can happen so fast, dude. Just like in the snap of a finger, like you're here, and the next second you're going through some issues. Yeah, it can be like that, and that's 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 creepy, man. But you didn't like fall or anything, right? Like, I uh, it's kind of I don't know, it's kind of like a funny story, but like I had a girlfriend that uh, we were like we were like hooking up like in the shower and like. Mm stood up too fast and then she, oh, passed, shit. And she passed out no and, uh, yeah and so then I, I caught her and like and then um she stood up too fast and i caught her and then she like basically was like what the heck's going on she like didn't even like recognize me at first for like a 10 seconds it was kind of creepy <laughs> oh jesus man 
yeah. stood up too quick, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's okay though, right? Like yeah. nothing happened. All right, that's She's good. Fine. She didn't hit her head or anything. Like, I lead caught her, so it's okay. Damn! Wow. Yeah, we got to be careful out there, people. <laughs> For all you listeners out there, don't stand up too quick, all right? And get your blood sugar in there. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> so, Ethan, who are you, man? Let's 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 start off with yeah. where, where do you hail from? Let's get to know you a little better, huh? Yeah, man. Okay, so I'm from Montana in the United States, like from a super tiny town, dude. Three thousand oh, yeah. people. It's called Ooh. Glasgow, Montana. It's freezing <laughs> out there right now in the winter, but it has beautiful summers. It's like yeah. flat, like farmland. Um, but um, really close to Canada and North Dakota. So I got that's kind of it's basically like West Dakota is what a lot of people like refer to. All right. <laughs> so that's that's where I'm from, dude. Eastern Montana. I grew up there all like 18 years of childhood, and then I joined yeah. the military, and then I moved to Washington State after that. That must have been a little different going from that small town to the military. Yeah. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Like I, um, I joined cause like, dude, I didn't know what I really wanted to do or anything. Like as far as if I was going to go to university, I didn't know what to study or anything like that. Yeah. And so I was like, I just wanted adventure though. I wanted to go see some things like my, I was the youngest in my family. My sister and brother were older. They had traveled a little bit. So I knew I wanted to get out and see some other countries. And basically the military was like the easiest way to do that. It's true. <laughs> no, you're right. Yeah. Did you, did you regret it or do you think you made the right decision now looking back at it? No, it was definitely what I needed because I was like, yeah. I definitely needed that discipline aspect. I needed like to figure out some direction, be accountable. Um, cause I was like a kid, you know? And so like now I had to like grow up and be like a grown ass man, like learn a job, <laughs> like show up on time. And it, like, it wasn't like I was in combat or anything like that. I was in the air force. And so I was working with the aircraft. And That's so it, it was like, uh, it was, um, it was great, you know, it was just, but it was still very demanding at the same time. It was like a good combination of what I needed and the skills too. Like I had to use my, a lot of problem solving skills in the job yeah. I had. And also I had to be pretty physical as well. So it was perfect. How many years? So I did five years. I got, oh damn. Of, okay. Yeah. Five years. So I, and I, I promoted like every time I could basically, so I got to staff sergeant and then I was, then I was done. I was like, okay, I'm going to go travel now. <laughs> <laughs> did you yeah. ever consider it to be a career at one point or you just knew that you were going to get in and then get out? Like when I joined, I definitely was like, I'm getting out after four years. Like, yeah. And especially the first couple months at basic training, I was like, dude, this sucks. I'm like, I'm definitely getting out <laughs> in four years. But then, um, I don't know. I kind of hit like a sweet spot. Like you, you kind of hit your stride, like around like year two, three. And so, cause you, you start to understand like how things function, like you're getting good at your job. People are starting to respect right. you, that mm -hmm. type of thing. And then, you know, it's like, it's security too. Like you get paid pretty decent. You don't, like, you have good healthcare, um, yeah. Yeah. all that type of thing. And so I was thinking about it for a while because I was um, like, I was stationed in Washington and like, I really wanted to travel internationally. And so I was just praying that like, because uh, the U.S. military has a lot of bases like in Europe and like Japan. Right. So I was like praying that I would get sent out there. And I just kind of never had that luck. Uh, and so I was going to, if, if, if I would have got one of those offers though, I probably would have stayed in for another like ooh. four to like 10 years or so. But in, yeah, or maybe even 20. Because like if you get 20, then you get retirement and that type of thing. And I thought about two staying in longer because like my grandpa was in the Air Force. He was a pilot and I was like, I was like getting closer to take those steps to becoming a pilot, but I just didn't like, if I was going to do that, I definitely had to commit to 20 years. And I just, 
you know, like I said, I didn't get the overseas assignments like I was hoping for. And so then I was just like, all right, I'm just gonna take matters into my own hand, get out and like chase my dreams, basically. Yeah, so you just <laughs> stuck that extra year and did a victory lap, right? Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> got out and I, I had started to develop my passion too around like the, like the third year, right? So I did five years total. So around the third year, I started studying like at ASU online for health sciences, exercise, wellness. So I was like, I was in the midst of a program for like health and wellness. And so I was getting obsessed with like taking better care of my body and mind. And so I was like, okay, I'm just going to do this then. So then I started getting really deep into fitness. And then from there, got into personal training. And basically that final year of personal training or of university and personal training, once I got out of the military, I basically created a plan to like where I am not at now, where it's like, okay, I'm going to go travel Latin America and I'm just going to build my online personal training business while I'm doing it. Yeah. Personal training is, so there's two things in my mind when I think of like when I'm on Instagram and I see personal training and then I see influencers. What are, right. What's your thought on fitness influencers? And that's not to be confused with fitness coaches or motivators like yourself. Right. Yeah. You, you know, okay. Like <laughs> that's a good question actually. Cause there's definitely like, a, a, there's definitely a distinguishing pattern that, definitely. Like, that people kind of struggle to identify. I would say if they're not familiar with like what's going on in the fitness industry, but for like the influencers, I mean, I think there's got, there's people that can do, handle both pretty, pretty well. They can be very great communicators and sharing important ideas to get people healthy. But then there's, and then they can also kind of be the guys that are flexing and like they look great and that type of thing. And right. so, um, but you know, like I would say mo not always with this, a lot of these fitness influencers, but like the ones that are just influencing and kind of, they're more focused on kind of like the vanity aspect. A lot of them are on steroids if they're men and if they're, and then, um, and then they're, they're kind of selling, you know, like more low ticket items. Like they're more selling like products, uh, almost like e-commerce type of things or programs. And I don't, not necessarily like those programs are bad or anything. A lot of times those things are well, but are pretty good, but they might be trying to sell you a lot of different supplements that they have like promo codes on and whatever. Yeah, man. And so there's, the, there's kind of that whole element that's like, you know, I don't know. It's not all terrible, but it's certainly not exactly what needs to be pushed, you know, because you have guys that come along like how the Liver King guy came around and he was just Damn. making a shitload of money and and uh, like off all his products, which is, you know, he was running a business, whatever. I, I'm not, I, I can't knock on that. But also he was lying about his steroid use the whole time. And I knock on like, that. <laughs> yeah. And he was acting like he was doing everything through this, like, you know, ancestral diet, like, that he, right. you know, so he was basically trying to be one of those guys that was an influencer and like a, you know, fitness coach, but he was basically like a charlatan is what they're like saying now, you know, or he was, right. or he was basically just, he was lying about how he was getting results and then selling a bunch of products. Yeah. I, I just have a real problem with that. You know, like those type of influencers just posting themselves and they're not showing guidance, like clear guidance guidance that that just seems vain to me you know it, it seems like egocentric like an egocentric build you're a fitness influencer like what does that mean and what i think it means to some people is that they're just doing their workouts posting videos and then it's just for likes and affirmation follows etc cetera, etc cetera. i mean mm -hmm. what value does that hold to the viewers it, it's like I, I get this sense that they don't give a fuck about you at all, but yeah. it's more toward their self. Like they want validation. Yeah. Dude, there's definitely that's how it comes off to me. 
there's definitely that piece and like eventually their flame kind of runs out because um like for what i'm recognizing now that i'm like networking with other trainers online like you would think that sometimes you would see those guys that have like a like 500,000 followers or whatever you'd think they would yeah. sometimes a lot of them they might the way they're like running their business if it is very egocentric it's a lot of just like their pictures of them flexing like they might not even be making that much money actually whereas there can be guys that are having maybe only four to ten thousand followers that are making like way right. more money because they're providing better value and you know and they're 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 focused on a, a bigger mission rather than you know like the short-term success of like flexing basically yeah, dude, it's efficiency, man. If you have a thousand followers and all a thousand of your followers appreciate you and will like take your word, like that's much more valuable than someone with 500 followers who like all of them are just fucking bought out or bullshit and don't care about what you post, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that that's, it's kind of, it's been interesting because it's my first year like in business, you know, in the military, I didn't really have to like go, you know, I didn't have to promote myself. I didn't have to figure out how to do all these things and create a bunch of content. So this is my first year still doing all of it. And so yeah. becoming more accustomed with everything and like seeing how it works. I, it just definitely been pretty, very, pretty enlightening. Yeah. Cause you can see where, <laughs> uh, you can see though, like where yeah, there's shortcuts to take, you know, like people sure. definitely want to offer me like SARMs or like testosterone type of things. And like, <laughs> you know, Hell yeah, dude. You know, it, it would boost. Like if I would take testosterone with like my work ethic, it'd be like, I would have a like crazy fast results, but it'd just be terrible. I'd be like the liver king guy, basically. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Try to avoid that, man. Try to avoid lying at all costs. If you're doing steroids or trend or anything, just like yeah, people enjoy when someone is truthful. I, I don't think they really give a fuck like if you're using it, but if you deceive them, yeah. That's a whole nother issue. Like the liver exactly. can definitely do. Yeah, exactly. If you're going to do steroids, I have no problem with like steroids on their own. If that's what you're deciding and you want to do and you want to, especially if you're competing and bodybuilding, you kind of have to at the high level. Yes. Yeah. I mean, you basically have to. So it's like, I have no problem with that. But yeah, if you're not, if you're like, no man, this is all just me natural. Yeah. 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 The weird thing is, is Hollywood, right? When people, when they do movies and shit and get jacked out of nowhere, like six months, just ripped. And then like everyone has to play the game. Like, Oh, they're natural. They're just on this, this yeah. natural, like healthy diet and grinding their ass off, which they probably are, but it just seems yeah. like there's a little bit of help involved in that, but they'll never say that. And I don't know yeah. why. I don't know why either. They should be totally honest about that. It's not like it's a big deal. They're really just filming a, a movie too. Yeah. It's not yeah. really fair. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. We, we it's for entertainment, man. Like I loved baseball when they were on steroids. That shit was entertaining as fuck, man. Dude, it was so sick. <laughs> you know, I love that honestly. Like they were just hitting like Barry Bonds hitting 73 home runs. Yeah, dude. So, so with a corked bat and McGuire, just his legs were like the size of hippopotamuses. Like that shit was so fun, man. Jose Canseco taking a ball off his dome and then going over the wall for a home run. He had no idea what happened. Like these dudes were juiced out of their mind. And I love that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, dude. I loved it too. It was super good. It was hilarious to see that type of stuff. Like, but, you know, I guess it's probably for the best to them, for them to slow down on that. But baseball has, like, completely went downhill since then. Uh, what do you think about the uh, the pitch count, if you've been paying attention? Oh, how, wait, how's it working? <laughs> I, don't, I don't even remember, like, what the rules are. I just heard about it. 
Oh yeah, dude. I so the other day I just saw them and there was like the pitcher gets fifteen seconds and then the batter has eight seconds to set themselves, something along those lines. And there was a game like a week ago where it ended on the the pitch count, whatever they're calling it. I don't know, but it ended because so, the batter didn't set themselves, so the batter got called out. Oh, okay. Yeah. Huh. Well, I don't know. I guess like you know, if, if they would if this was one of the rules like twenty like eighty years ago when they first started baseball, it probably would have been cool. It probably have been cool to do it like that, where it's like you had to be quicker, you had to get through things like that. But now it's just like it's too late. You know, it's like this game was created like ninety years ago. You can't be changing like too much, too many things anymore. Yeah, and that's the thing with the uh, the ticket holders too, man. Like people go to baseball games that are diehard fans. They go just to watch like a four hour, five hour baseball game and just lounge around. Yeah. Now it's like everything's got a tempo, like a, a much more high tempo to this. So it's going to be interesting to see. Have you ever played baseball personally? Yeah, dude. I was actually yeah. like, I was pretty fucking good at baseball. Like okay. I played. I- I play that so much when I was younger. Yeah, dude, you're from uh, West Dakota. That's what you guys do. <laughs> yeah, I played <laughs> it all the time, man. Like I was, I literally knew like every single player in the MLB. Yeah, uh, I was playing the video games. I had like one of my best friends, Kevin. We were playing baseball all the time. Yeah, and, uh, I played like everything. Like I could pitch super good. I could throw like really like um like a lot of breaking balls. And I played. Yeah. I, like, I did everything. Catcher. I could hit like really well. But um, I started getting bored bored of it um, yes. once I got like older because I started doing track too, and they had, like had the same season, right? And um, and uh, I started getting bored because like track was just cool, like it was a lot more laid back. I mean, like, and there was girls around as well. Exactly. <laughs> so, <dude. laughs> so it was like it was just like I got tired of hanging around guys all the time at baseball, and I was like, all right, I'm gonna do track, and then and then I also could work too. So like I wanted True. to make money, like because if I when I was doing baseball, I'd, you had no time to like work or anything. Which you know, like you got the rest of your your whole life to work. But I don't know. I just kind of wanted to, you know, like work and then do track and like hang out with girls, like that type of thing. Yeah, <laughs> it, it makes yeah. sense, man. Because the same thing happened to me. I played baseball for quite a while, but I was starting to get like anxiety from just being in the field and nothing happening. Yeah. Like I'm just sitting there and it's like, all right, is the ball going to come to me? No, it's been eight innings and nothing's happened yet. This kind of sucks. So then yeah. I played hockey where it's just bang, 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 bang. Oh, Everything's yeah. on the go. So yeah, that yeah. kind of like twisted hockey my view around. Yeah, hockey's my favorite. So I've been playing that for quite some time too, but I love wow. it. Yeah, hockey was cool. Like we had that out in Montana because it's cold, you know, but right. uh, I didn't do it. Um, I was in basketball all the time, and uh, but I think hockey had been sweet to try out. I had some friends that did it. They were like obsessed with it, but their seasons were just kind of short. I guess like when I was thinking about baseball, one thing that was kind of nice about baseball was like with it ha- not having the pitch count stuff like that too, was that like baseball was designed to be like that. I feel like because it's like summer, right? Like you get, you're allowed to take your time. Like nobody's got. No, you know, dude. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Like, let's hang out. <laughs> let's hang out right. throw one, one pitch every 20 <laughs> like minute <laughs> yeah dude you're right there's like some big pressure situations dude like bases loaded you got two outs and it's a three two count it's like dude i'm not trying to speed pitch that i need to like yeah. gather myself yeah it, yeah you're right it, may, it adds a whole other element of like pressure and stress like i think that's one thing that i 
I think baseball is like so fucking hard because of that. It's like so mental. Yeah. Um, very difficult. You know, you can be, you could be the, I mean, the best guy in the league, but he hits like, gets a hit 30% of the time. Right. Yeah. Like a 300 batting average is good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, most of the time he's failing too. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, it's a hard one. <laughs> So have you always been like a, a natural athlete since the get-go, would you say then? Yeah, I would say like I not like absolute phenomenal athleticism, but like my brother, he more had that, like, but we both were playing all the time. He was seven years older than me. I was younger, but kind of like I was doing the same things as him. He was just very like fast twitch oriented, like super yeah. crazy good with his dexterity. Um but I'm Olympian. Was, yeah, he was fantastic. And I and I was like pretty solid too. But I got to, um, I kind of relied a lot when I was younger um, on basically, I had a lot of very good knowledge, like sports IQ when I was younger. So yeah. I had, I was very successful, like when I was younger. And then when I got into puberty too, like I hit puberty before like everyone else. So I was like dominating until I was like 15, 16. And then once everybody caught up and I didn't like grow anymore, then stuff got, it got really hard, dude, at that yeah. point. And I was, like I was still pretty skilled. Like I was still like a pretty good player, but I wasn't like an all-star anymore. You know, <laughs> Do you know that some, uh, some parents hold their kids an extra year. So they'll develop more like strictly just yeah. for sports purposes. Yeah, definitely. Dude. I've seen that for sure. Yeah. yeah I've seen it too. <laughs> I have a kid and he was unfortunately born in March. So he's at the end of his class, but for, for whatever reason, man, this kid's a freaking giant. Like I don't, I'm not tall. I'm like five ten, yeah. and my ex wife is maybe like five two. Uh, but there is some like height and girthiness in our family. Definitely yeah. not from me or her though. But he's like the ninety fifth percentile for height and weight. It's super what? strange to watch. Yeah. Wow, yeah. dude. It's interesting. He's six I know. right now. I wish I would have had. I mean, whatever, dude. We can't sit here and like. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, you go insane. But I think about that, I'm, like, I'm like, dude, imagine I, I think about, I remember, cause especially with like basketball, I felt like I was awesome at basketball, but I was five, nine, you know, I was like, dude, I was like, I always felt like with my skill set, I'd be like, dude, what if I was like six, three, like, it'd be so easy. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. You're right. Yeah. We can, we can sit and talk about all sorts of things like right. that. Right. Like, yeah, man, exactly. if only I had three mi miles per hour in my fastball, I'd be in the MLB. Right. <laughs> right? But, but yeah, exactly. But it's like, you know what, that takes away from our, who we really are. It takes, cause if we were that way, we wouldn't, we wouldn't be like as cool as we are. Right? I agree. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're right, man. There's, there's something about mm, that there's unlimited potential, but there's self-limitations like people love to self-limitate themselves yeah dude you know and I've, I've been trying to think about this for quite a while like what is it in the human's mind that like they don't want themselves to succeed or it's why why would that be a thing you know <laughs> yeah man no i totally understand with what you're saying about uh limiting beliefs and everything this whole year is my first year in business. I've really like been working on a lot, a lot of that type of stuff. And so like, I personally got into like that guy, Dr. Joe Dispenza, like read, read his books, like all where you learn about <clears throat> how like all these limiting beliefs are basically just like neural networks that we programmed in our brain, like or the yeah. environment or people around us. And so, yeah, I found that 
I found it really fascinating to try to work on those things. But you're right. It is weird that like we have this uh, propensity to do this where we like undermine our success or like we're worried that we're going to fail all the time. And I guess it must, it's just must be some, it's some sort of like survival mechanism, right? We're just trying to make sure we don't die by trying something that true, like totally, you know, but yeah, but it totally like messes up our trajectory in life sometimes too, where it's just like, we get, we get super like conservative or we get super like fearful to try anything new. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's a good point, man. I think that's exactly what it has to be is like back in the day, like when you're just trying to survive, like it's just built in to your computer system. What we know is your brain. Like when you go higher than 15 feet, like why do you need to be up higher than this? That this can kill you. So abort that mission, right? Just like these, these self-inflicting things in your mind that just like, just self-limitates. Like when I was running, when was it? It was a couple of days ago I was running and I usually have every half mile marked. And this AI comes on and tells me like, you ran 0.5 miles and your pace is, you know, like 803, so-and-so. Well, yeah. I took that AI off. So no one was whispering sweet nothings into my ear. So it was just me running to music yeah. and my pace increased. Like I went faster. And that's oh. because like, if, if, if someone's telling me my pace is like an 801, I'm like, oh, fuck, I'm running too fast. There's no way I'll make this distance. There's no way I'll run three miles in 801. I'm going to burn out. Like, yeah. just I tell myself these negative things when I hear that. But since I like got rid of it, I just naturally ran a lot faster. Yeah, dude, the running is like, I know, because I used to run quite a bit too. I ran a bunch of 5Ks, that type of thing. And I really struggle with like, yeah, the mentality piece where it'd be like, okay, I, I know I can like run pretty good, but like, we, you know, when you're trying to push it for like a longer distance, you know, okay, this pace is like going to be kind of exhausting, but right. you have to do it. Like, and, but you know, you just, you're like, there's no way I'm going to die if I keep going this fast. So yeah, running is definitely one of those things where you're, it's, you're, you're, you're playing that game back and forth the whole time in your head where <laughs> you kind of, th- you want to go faster. You think you can go faster, but then you're getting so fucking tired too. Yeah, man. It's a wild game. Yeah. (laughs) Do you like uh, weightlifting better or running better or like cardio? I don't know if you run anymore. Cardio or weightlifting? I definitely, yeah. I don't know. Like I definitely, they're so different. I like them a lot each. I I would say I probably do like the more explosive stuff more now though, the weightlifting, Um, especially this like calisthenic stuff I've been doing more. Cause it's like not as many repetitions, but it's still very hard and like very, like, it feels like very anabolic. It feels like very like good, but well, it's cardio like, in its sense. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so, but like with cardio, like I still, my body crushes that type of stuff. Like, like, cause I do CrossFit now. So we still have to run every now and then we still have to like row like meters and like, like we still have to do cardio. And so like my body does pretty well with it, but there's just those moments, you know, that absolutely suck and you just have to keep going where it, you know, whereas like the heavier lifting is kind of like that too, but it's just like a, such a shorter stimulus. And, but there's something about when you are doing the cardio, when you hit like the right high, that's awesome. Like it's very, Man, that's it's, why I love running. Like I, <laughs> I, I weight lift and I run, but today I'm just like, all right, man, if I had to choose one, like I would have to stick with running just because I have such mental clarity when I'm running, when I pace out after like eight minutes and I'm just in the zone, like my thoughts become fluid. It's like liquid just going back and forth and everything makes sense. And I'm seeing clearly and I'm thinking like 
brilliantly it, in my mind. I'm like, yeah. fuck, man. I know you'd really, it's great for like visualization, like planning, and then like understanding things like comprehension. And then if you're like, and then if you're listening to like a good podcast, that's like fun or like, or like inspiring, like you right. can really just like, you can really get into some great zones. Like when I was living in Washington state, dude, I'd run in nature all the time. And like, man, that was so fun. Like I had some great oh, days yeah. just like running out alone listening to like music or a podcast like running four or five miles that like <laughs> you wouldn't think that'd be like a, a memorable day but they were like awesome days just because of that you know yeah dude it's it's so memorable do you <laughs> ever like uh smoke weed or take psychedelics and go on a run you ever done that before um, running, <laughs> running, <laughs> running uh, with weed yeah like so <laughs> my best friend in arizona like he he's like an insane athlete. Like he's just so great. And he, uh, he likes to smoke weed too. And so like, it was when I first started hanging out with him. I, um, I hadn't really exercised with weed before really. Like, I don't think I had maybe like very softly, but he's like an insane athlete. Like I said, so like we were, we basically like hit his dab pen and stuff like that. And it was like a Sunday. It was just like a weekend, but he exercises like all the time, like no days off. And so I was like, all right, let's go run some hills. And so like we, we, we went to go like sprint some hills after like getting very high. Like for me, because my, tol <laughs> my tolerance is like so low too. Because I was Same like, here. in the military for a long time too. So I like didn't really smoke at all yeah. forever. And then um, we like, yeah, we just got super stoned. Then we went and ran sprints. And like, I remember that was just like such a wild experience because it was <laughs> sprinting as fast as i could and uh sprinting as fast as i could like extremely high and like we were we were running like 400 meter sprints like which is you know they're exhausting and maybe maybe they might have been a little bit shorter than that because they were uphill but like yeah. uphill like and then just <gasps> like just feeling every single cubic liter of air in my lung you know yeah dude <laughs> Yeah, you feel every fiber in your body and just like. <laughs> so I was like, wow, dude, like this was a little strange. Like I, I kind of, it's kind of like almost more painful, but like almost more pleasurable at the same time, you know? Yeah, and you're so, much more aware of your body of what's going on when you're high. Yeah, for sure. Like, and so with a lot of different things like swimming, I love swimming like high because I I'd, I'd started doing a lot of swimming like freestyle uh, maybe about a year and a half ago when I was living out in Arizona as well. And so like, I wouldn't do that all the time, but every now and then, um, I would do that. And I love swimming like that. And then, uh, and then in CrossFit, like the rower, the rowing for like cardio is kind of strange, but kind of fun too. The weightlifting is weightlifting is good. I would say with weed, but with psychedelics, like I have only, I've swam on mushrooms like a couple times. Yeah. And I actually really liked it. I felt like I was like in that Mario world, you know, where you're like swimming on like, you know, like world four or whatever it is. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like that. But, uh, but it also feels like sort of a little like dangerous because you're like, I don't know, like the, anything in the water always feels kind of sketch, but because like, you know, it's just, you can drown. So For sure. Yeah. But, very fun too though would you say that water workouts what's it called when you do water workouts yeah like air like water aerobics or like yeah, uh, water aerobics yeah aquatics is that what it is yeah they're aquatic aquatic okay aquatic is aerobics. that like the best workout for the entire body like swimming 
Yeah, swimming is great, dude. Like when I started swimming a year and a half ago, like I didn't really know how. I mean, I did know how to swim. Like I knew how to survive for sure, but like I'd never been hit oh, like right. laps before like that. Yeah. And so like I felt like my body, my my skin, like my muscles, like I felt like everything got so tight on my body like from Whoa. swimming cuz yeah, you're like in you know, you're in the water. So there's resistance in every single direction around you. And it's like, and it's zero. easy on your joints too, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a zero gravity environment. So it's good on the joints and, uh, but hard. It's so it's super difficult. Yeah. So yeah, I would say like, if you got, if there's one skill, like thing you wanted to get like addicted to in fitness, like I would think swimming would probably be one of the better choices for sure. Like, so man, tell me like a little workout about uh, swimming because I really want to get into that this summer and start with yeah. the outdoor pool and then carry it into the winter mm-hmm. at an indoor pool. But I don't even know where to begin. Like I can swim. I can know how to do laps. I know how to do like breaststroke, backstroke and like freestyle. But I don't know what kind of workout regimen to do with swimming. Yeah. With like, so what I did, which is pretty cool. This guy has like a whole website called Cross Swim. And so if you want to kind of mix in some other things with with swimming, like we took this, it was at ASU too. It was a class I took and you like combine like calisthenics workouts with swimming. So we would do like Tabatas, which is like 20 seconds on of an exercise, 10 seconds off. So we would do like Tabatas of like, um, of like abs. Like let's say we were doing like leg lifts for like 20 seconds and then 10 seconds off and then 20 seconds on. So we do that for maybe like two minutes or whatever. And then we'd go swim two down and backs. Like we do like 50 meters or a hundred meters because it'd be two down and backs. Okay. Gotcha. Like 25 down. And then we get out and then we do like Tabata of like squats, just body weight squats or like jump squats. Oh, I got you. Jesus, man. Yeah. So you can get creative like that where you just kind of create a workout where it's like, okay, I'm going to do like 25 push-ups, and then I'm going to swim two two down and backs. And then I'm going to do like 25 jump squats and then throw in an ab exercise as well. Or like what was dope at ASC is they had pull-up bars right by there too. So oh, that's perfect. You, you, could, you could get your back so strong at that pool because you could, your back gets so strong from swimming and then you could go hop out and do pull-ups instead of like Man. 15, then dive back in. <laughs> so, I would fuck me- around and like do some pull-ups, then jump into the pool and drown my dumb ass. I can't move my arms. <laughs> yeah, you laugh, you're tired. Like, I de- yeah, it gets kind of like when you're doing that type of stuff, you definitely, if you're getting really tired, it gets kind of crazy. Like I had my quad uh, really cramped really hard one time when I was like, oh, no. like a swim. And like when your quad cramps out, like on a swim, it's like, it's kind of hard. Like you're basically, because that's like one of your larger muscle groups. And so- and it, your, le- your legs are so heavy. So it's like you kind of have to do like this like three-limbed swim to get back, you know, without – and it hurts every time you kick a little bit. So, yeah, it can be like that. But, dude, yeah, if you're like – if you're just trying to get like incorporate some more stuff in your swimming and you already know breaststroke. Yeah, yeah. Um, and do you do freestyle too? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. So if you're doing like freestyle and stuff, just like – what I do mostly now, honestly, is like when I go there, I, I do it just swimming. Like I'll do – I'll do like my – crossfit workout in the gym and then i'll go do like 500 meters so is that I, normal like a 500 meters or is that a lot I, for- I would say 500 meters is like a i mean it's like 10 down and backs on the pool because it so 10 down, 10 and, down back. and back so you go down and then back and that's one down back that's two down back three so okay that's what i do all the time it's like a pretty solid distance because like the fastest i've done it was like around nine minutes or something like that. I, I made like a, I kind of like vlogged a lot of it like last year. Cause I was like newer to swimming. 
So when I first started swimming the 500 meters, it would take me like 13 and a half minutes. And then I got down to like, I wanted to break 10 minutes. And so I got down to like nine minutes, something. And then, so I was like really happy that I made that progress. But I think like that's a good range because it should take you around, like I said, like around the 10 minutes, if you're doing a pretty good pace, which is great. Like 10 minutes of swimming is like all you really need. I mean, if you're like the, you know, if you're like extremely good at it, like the people are doing like, you know, 5,000 meters, like they're going like a lot longer, but I'll get right on that. (laughs) Yeah. I would say like 500 meters is a good start. Cause it's like, it's, you're, it's only like, it's only gonna be, it's gonna be less than 15 minutes for sure. Like, even if you're just doing 500 meters, like you might of like consistent movement, I would say, I mean, if you're newer to it, you might have to take the breaks and then incorporate like the core exercises like do some like leg lifts or some like frog sit up and then do push-ups or pull-ups like you don't have to make it too complicated what type of results were you seeing like since you hit the pool like were you more explosive were you getting ripped were like did you just notice a better overall physique yeah i felt like definitely like more getting ripped like i felt like like i was kind of saying a little bit earlier like my skin like just feels like so tight like i feel like you know i mean like i don't have like my body fat percentage is like at 9% or something like that. Yeah. And so that's the last time I checked. And I felt like, I don't know what I was before then. Maybe I, I might've been, I think I went from like 12% to like 9%, which is like a pretty big jump actually. For sure. So 12% to 9% body fat was like adding swimming to the routine. So it definitely helps out. Like it gets you very lean. And then I would say like, uh, you know how you were talking about with like the meditative aspect of like running or whatever, yeah. like, Oh yeah. I, mm-hmm. I really liked that with swimming too. Like interesting, I had like really like weird situation about like in December, like of 20, 2021. So like a year and a half ago, I was like trying to like intern at this gym and like, there was like a high level CrossFit gym and I was newer to CrossFit. So they didn't hire me. Cause like you have to have like usually like three to five years of experience doing it. And I was brand new. And so yeah. like, but they kind of had me interning for a while. And then like, basically this thing happened in December and they're like, all right, we can't really keep you going anymore. And so I was like really bummed out. I was really like down. And then I went to the pool and swam 500 meters <laughs> and basically just processed like everything like emotionally and like, and physically and whatever. And it was like, awesome. It was like super therapeutic. I was just like, and I felt like I was like getting out of the, I felt like I was disconnecting from like the world, you know? Cause like, it feels like you're kind of like an outer space or some other like, you know, field of existence when you're underwater. <laughs> I'm excited, man. I didn't even think about that aspect of it. Like yeah. the running high that I get from running, like mm. adding water to that. Holy <laughs> shit, man. Like where does your brain go? It's pretty cool. Yeah. You feel like yeah. you're in space or something, you know, and it's, it's great. You really can like, you like, a, you can really disconnect from the world. It feels like, cause you know, it's like, it's like you'd be like, you can have a conversation. <laughs> have you done an isolation tank? Um, yeah, yeah, actually. So in Arizona, when I was living out there, I was living, I was living in Arizona all of 2021 and, and then most of 22 until I moved out here in Columbia and dude, right next to Trader Joe's, they had a float tank. Um, Real so quick, if you don't mind, can you describe what a, uh, a float tank is to the listeners? Yeah. They don't yeah know. So a float tank, sensory deprivation tank. It's basically this chamber that's filled with like tons of salt water and there's no light and there's soundproofing, um, like soundproofing walls in there as well. And so when you're inside of it, there's literally no, you have no access to like your senses, basically the five senses are, it's, you're supposed to be deprived from them. So there's no light, there's no noise. And then since you're floating in the salt water, it's supposed to feel you're 
like you're getting rid of like gravity too. So you're, yeah, you're in, a, in a void. You're in a void. Yeah, exactly. You're in a void. Yeah. You're in a vacuum at that point. And so, <laughs> uh, um, yeah. And so at this, it's very, it's really crazy. Like you're just alone in your head. You're alone in your own world. And you spend like usually an hour and there's how they like do it at the, at the, the one I went to. And then an hour is kind of a long time because if you think about it, a lot of people like starting out with meditation, they usually end up doing like five, 10, 15 minutes. For so. sure, man. An hour seems like an eternity. <laughs> Yeah. So you do an hour in there and, uh, it's pretty wild. Like I, the first time I did it, like I, I went entirely silent. Um, and it was cool and just kind of crazy, but like your mind just runs like a thousand miles per hour. It's like, it has, you have all these random thoughts coming up and it's great though for like, if you want to think like, yeah. I guess it has several intentions, like the true, like idea though is mostly to just like meditate and like forget about everything but like it definitely has certain other intentions like you can go in there and think about a problem think about something and like you're gonna have a much better approach to solving it afterwards because you have all the time you have an hour of just spending time with that problem what's interesting is that you're like you're trying to disconnect from your body and everything around you so it's just your mind your brain but there's that theory out there that like right now what reality is is just a brain in like a casing right yeah. like everything's a simulation so i kind of like think back to that i'm like man it's so yeah. trippy to think about dude I know. <laughs> no i definitely yeah. <laughs> yeah our brain is literally just floating in cerebral spinal fluid or whatever like what is like, real you know like is I, everything manifested or am i just making this up or what i know that is really no Definitely get, you definitely get into those really trippy ideas because yeah, I mean, if you like see like, there's this kind of like, I don't know if, it's, if you call it a meme or what you would call it, but there's a picture of basically like the central nervous system, like the entire yeah. nervous system, like detached from the skeleton and all the other organs and the skin. I've seen it. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. And it's like, this is you. Like, this Wild. is like, this, yeah, dude. like, this is actually who you are. And it looks crazy though, because like when you look at like the limbs, you know, it looks like a tree root, like it looks like tree roots and stuff really like that. It does. Like you can see a lot like of connections. Where, yeah. Where other, all the other patterns exist like in nature and so, space. Uh, yeah. In space. So dude, it's, it's wild. Uh, yeah. The tank is, is pretty crazy. I had a membership to this place. So I was going there like four times a week. Usually it was like a Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Phoenix, Arizona, flotology, dude, a hundred dollars a month too. Like it was like the Shout best. Yeah. Like I, they actually, but the, I talked with the owner and he was like, dude, all these other float tank places, they charge you like hundreds of dollars to go like one time. And he was yeah, just, man, that, that was out here. It was like 150 bucks for one session. I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah. And so he just charged a <laughs> hundred a month. And then like, you know, it's always, it was just made more sense because then people would go more frequently. They would like yeah. recommend people to go. Yeah. So it, it, it was dope. And like, um, I did have, I tried like mushrooms in it one time and, and we, Oh Jesus, dude. <laughs> yeah. So it was like a microdose though, but definitely it was, okay. it was still hitting like, you, you know, yeah. and, and like that thing. And <laughs> it was just like extremely bizarre, especially, you know, in like, uh, when, when it ended and the, the light came back on and like, you're basically laying in there naked. And yeah. so like, when the light came on afterwards or at the end, when I had like the mushroom time, like I really felt like how like Neo, like on the matrix. That's felt. what I was just thinking, yeah. man. I was like, yeah, the claw comes and grabs you. Yeah. You wake up like in the tank and you're like, what the hell is going on? Like that's, 
that's like how it felt like when I got, I was like, wow, like I'm literally like this creature, you know, like I was like looking at like, you know, you're like looking at like your genitals. You're like, what the heck? Like, I'm just like this animal basically that's like got a pretty smart mind, but still like what's going on? This is weird. I think like that all the time, man. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's so strange. Like what we are, like just, <laughs> we could be so savage and just so primal at times. Yeah. Like we're, we're not that different from a chimpanzee, man. Uh, uh-uh. no, dude. <laughs> uh-uh. Uh-uh. Dude, it's funny too. Like here in Colombia, like they call, uh, like, so I got blonde hair and so they call like blonde people, they call them monos, like monkeys. Like, <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> like, like so I'm always like thinking, I'm like, wow, do they do they like literally think I look like a monkey? Like, <laughs> why do they think you look like a monkey, dude? I don't know. I guess maybe I kind of do. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> maybe because you're climbing around like monkey bars and shit, doing your workouts. Maybe that's why. Yeah, there's that too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude. So yeah, the the tank is crazy though. Like, I totally recommend people to try it out. Like, what was crazy was really cool. Like, so. Like when I've been getting into these meditations, right? When I was talking about, like, I was like learning from just Joe Dispenza guy's stuff too. Like he has these like heart centered meditations. Like you focus just on feeling your heart, like the yeah. whole time, and that's what's weird. Like in the tank, because yeah. like oh, your, heart, your heart's like, and so it's almost like you feel like your heart is like when you focus on it enough, you feel like your heart's almost like shaking the water. You know? What yeah. I mean? like, yeah. 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 They have these rooms, these uh, soundproof rooms where it's like negative decibels. So you can actually hear your blood coursing through your body and shit. And like, I guess like people can't even last 15 minutes in it because it's so freaky. You can hear everything, your organs like moving and that blood just going through is real creepy. That's the one that gets people. Yeah. That would be creepy. (laughs) Yeah, you I'll can, send you a link to that, man. It's so interesting. I don't know where it's yeah. at. I think it's in Europe, makes, but it's it's real wild. That makes sense, though, because it would. I mean, that's what's happening. Like in our bodies, there's like a complex machi- machinery functioning. Yeah. <laughs> like when they show, like I, I hate, like I'm like I'm not the best with like blood and that type of stuff, dude. And so, like you know, when you see like a like an open heart surgery picture or video or like a knee replacement. And you can see just like everything's like funk, everything's like alive and like. Oh functional. yeah, yeah. You're like, oh, yeah. you're like, oh. <laughs> it's it's hard to believe sometimes, right? It's like there's no way if I cut myself open right now, I bet there'll be mechanical parts. Bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's hard to believe what's going on in your body. Uh-huh. And especially, I think about this a lot with nutrition, actually, because I'm coaching people with nutrition a bunch. And like when I'm reading about like what the liver does and the intestines, like I, yeah. I'm like reading them like totally detached from them, even though they're like literally under, they're right in my body right now doing. You can everything. look down and look at it. You can almost like touch it if you really want <laughs> yeah. to. Just push on your stomach, right? Yeah, they're just sitting there digesting Weird. everything you ate. Like <laughs> that's so strange. <laughs> yeah i do it's bizarre <laughs> do you think other animal other animals think like that or is it just because we have I, I don't even want to go down this but like what do animals know man like is it just us because we have such a bigger brain than most that we are able to think this way because yeah. we're conscious yeah um i don't know it's kind of trippy like have you heard of sam harris like he's that neuroscientist yeah that's written books and whatever 
he like mm-hmm. he goes big into this type of stuff a lot, like in his books and like when he talks on podcasts where it's like where it's like uh obviously like we have this high level of consciousness, right? But like clearly these animals do and like even like a tree like is clearly exactly, like alive too. So yes. it's like so Fuck. it's like obviously like we don't know what it's like for them, but like there's definitely it's there's some experience there's something that it is like to be a tree or be a like a bat <laughs> flying yeah. through the space using echolocation like they whatever it's like i have no especially a bat like using echolocation or like a dolphin like what the hell does that feel like dude yeah cuz dolphins have bigger brains i believe like in in comparison to their body yeah they're smart like, dude yeah man that's real wild stuff <laughs> uh, what are your thoughts on aliens Dude, um, I'm like, honestly, actually, like after doing this meditation retreat and kind of like getting deeper into like, I guess what I'm learning about the conscious like field and like, uh, and like quantum physics type stuff, like there's yeah. certainly the possibility or there's, I mean, it's like hard, it's not necessarily proven, but like, it's certainly basically theorized, like are proven through theory that there's like limitless outcomes in like mirrored existences of like us out there in the universe somewhere of course man of course the universe is endless space keeps on expanding too so there's so many variables right so like they know that like basically for sure like you know that's like a proven theory that einstein like and like all those guys were like figuring out like a long time ago and then uh and then within that like there's definitely got it there's definitely other beings beings like that exist out there and like i I mean it's hard for me to i'm still like learning a lot of this stuff so i wouldn't really have like a very firm ground to stand on like on like or like a lot of information to speak about it but like i've certainly been like hearing or like hearing reading more things about like reptilian type species that are like you know very highly functioning that probably exist out like in some other dimension like that type of thing and ufos definitely are out there i mean there's so many instances of them um yeah why does it have to be just one that's the uh the common thing is that there's just one alien like why would there just be one species of aliens like there's probably a fuck ton probably a bunch there's probably so many of them like well obviously if that if that theory is true there's like infinity amount of different aliens too (laughs) yeah and then you got some evil ones you got some nice ones you got like that's it's kind of creepy to think about like which ones are going to reach us first? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, dude, for sure. Like, and, uh, so I got one really good friend out here in Columbia who's super deep into this type of stuff. And he's, yeah. just, like, when he does his meditation, he like kind of like says almost like a blessing toward the end of his, uh, meditation where it's like, if they're, if like a trans dimensional being or like an, basically an alien, but like a trans dimensional being is to encounter me or exist or like around me, I, Ask that like they show themselves in peace or something like that. It's like what he does when he meditates, dude. So like there's there's like the whole there's definitely a lot of people that are really deep in this type of stuff that like you it's know not a bad idea, man. I mean, like put that blessing out there because you you're not you don't know. Yeah. <laughs> don't put all your chips on one thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah, yeah, yeah they don't exist. Fuck them. <laughs> yeah. right so yeah the alien, aliens are interesting dude like i never i haven't like seen anything entirely crazy but you know just like the whole 
I mean, it's kind of sort of like a different topic, but it's basically the same idea where it's just like, dude, when I have dreams, man, like the dreams that I have just make like literally no sense. And like the stuff you see are so crazy. Like you see like other type, other beings, you know, like in your dreams. Yeah. Yeah. That's an interesting one too. Like, and then that kind of like makes me think what happens when you die. Yeah. Sleep (laughs) is the cousin of death is what they say. So I don't, I don't know, man. (laughs) <laughs> I, I always think like it it matters how you die to me. Like if you, if your body is just completely exploded and there's nothing left, like just in bits and pieces, yeah. I feel like that's going to be a different afterlife than someone that dies in a hospital bed peacefully all intact to me. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Especially like if it happens so abruptly, like, yeah, yeah like where yeah. it's like, they're like a, like a wreck or a bomb goes off or something. But I don't know, like, so it's obviously hard to really say, but like, so I did the ayahuasca twice out here in Colombia and uh, they actually kind of like referred to it like the indigenous tribes out in the Amazons. Like they kind of like, they sort of refer to it as like practicing death, like because you go through all these like insane visions, like realizations, um, Mm -hmm. connecting everything that like kind of like transpires throughout the course of your life. So I, I'm, I guess now that like I've done it twice that like maybe when you die, it kind of feels like that moment. Cause like DMT is getting like released in your brain. Yes, so, exactly. That's why I think it's so different if you die in the hospital bed, like slowly than just like oh, what you yeah. said abruptly. Right. Like I feel like you don't get that. Yeah. True. Cause yeah, if you don't have like the, if your DMT is not really allowed to act, uh, like activate because you just got like smashed. Like, right. I, I don't know. Good point. That's hard to say. <laughs> interesting right it's so it's so crazy to think about it's also crazy to think about if you don't know it's coming like if there is an afterlife like they don't know they're dead and this is just obviously complete speculation because now we're talking like there is an afterlife I have no idea i don't know I'm not saying that but this is speculation if something took you out and there is an afterlife and something took you out and you were unaware of it like you yeah. wouldn't know you were dead. You wouldn't. For how long? Yeah, dude. <laughs> I think like uh I know you're saying like, oh man. So for instance, like in that in one of the books I read with Joe Spence's book, he wrote about this guy who's like a military veteran who like shot like a shitload of people, you know, he had like all this like trauma. Yeah. And, uh and so he was like going through like deep meditations and that type of stuff. And like I guess he got to this point in a meditation where it was like, or maybe it was his wife. Like both of them went to this thing. I believe they got to, he got, let's just say it was him though. So okay. basically during this meditation, he got into this super deep, like part of the, like the conscious field where he's meditating and he saw like five or six, like souls basically that Whoa. he had, were like, basically like people that he had like killed. And um, he was trying, he could, it was almost like they were like family members or something like that. Yeah. And so like through that moment, like they didn't really know that they were like dead souls, like like kind of what you were just explaining. Cause I like, they were like, sniped yeah, man. Yes. And so he was able to like liberate them to like their other like dead family members or like their like other, like, like visual, like through like this meditation, he like, he oh. was able to like reconcile all of that. And then it, it felt like for him that like those souls were then finally like reunited with like their other, yeah like family or whatever, like in, in the afterlife. And so oh, that's so interesting. You bring that up. Cause I was just watching a documentary earlier today and it was about this 
this little kid in um, Auschwitz during the Holocaust, and she managed to escape, but her mom, dad, brother, and cousins they um, they put them into the uh, the incinerator. I think is what it's called. Yeah, yeah. You know, so when you're like a the little gas. kid. Yeah, yeah. And when you're a little kid and you're just following directions, like you don't know what's happening right now. And then the next moment, yeah. you're just gone, but with your family. So what this little girl did that escaped, she went back to Auschwitz and like put the Jewish um, star and a flower and said she like finally released them. Like they're uh, finally able to move on. So that's what that reminded me that you were just yeah. speaking of about like releasing the souls. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so, dude. I think things like that happen. So yeah, that's creepy. Like you're saying, if you just have this random, yeah, like that happens out of nowhere. Who knows? That I know. I do. I wonder about that. Like, do you want to? Would how would that be if you just died like randomly versus if you just died with like a lot? You could tell it was coming. Like you, yeah, yeah. You were in the hospital or something for like months, and you knew you were gonna die any day. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. What's the crossover look like? Hmm. Yeah. That's, that's, another like interesting thing to think about is like what was life before you were born? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like we weren't always around. So what were you like when your dad wasn't born? You know what I mean? Like you were in your dad, but your dad wasn't even born. So what was that moment like? It's just a void. You, there's nothing. Yeah, so is yeah. that death? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I get I I think like that's like so when I was like younger, dude. Um, like in my teenage years, I was like super atheistic, like, and so right. I just, I just imagined that, yeah, like when you, you know, before you exist and like after you die, yeah, that I just felt like it was just like turning off the computer or something, you know? Right. Right. So, but now that I've like really kind of expanded like my consciousness more and got to see, like see more things, I don't, I, I don't re- I don't believe that anymore. I see there's mm-hmm. a lot bit more deeper to the story but like as far as like what things were like before we were born it's like man it's so difficult to say dude like you just next thing you know you're just alive walking around like alan watts like has like these like speeches like on youtube or like or like where he was like talking about like isn't it weird that we woke up from like a slumber that we don't remember going to bed that's just where my mind was at man i'm like because i just saw pictures of myself sleeping and i was like man where the fuck was i yeah 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 it it was it was really weird dude so like one time i had like a very big dose of like of uh psychedelic and i actually felt sort of like i guess it didn't really make sense but it felt like something i had been there before like an experience i had had before so like if anything like you know how people say they have like rebirths like during like deja vu yeah. So if anything, I felt like maybe this is like what I was experiencing in my brain, like hallucinogenically. I was like, maybe this is like what I was like seeing when I was literally like an infant inside of like the womb. Ooh. <laughs> Cause I was like, I was Ooh. just like seeing like crazy, like stuff that felt like very like ancestral, I guess, like very like human ish, but like, yeah, extremely like ancestral. It felt like it was connecting me to like almost, almost like this like human existence of like, being like a caveman, you know, like it was weird. Whoa. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I want to try to expand a little bit more on that. Um, So when you're saying you were in the womb, like you, you had this flat, you said it was a rebirth. Mm. So did you see your life playing out from the womb? It was almost like, 
oh, it just it was like so hard to describe but it felt like it felt like i was literally just seeing like uh um like what i was visualizing it wasn't like necessarily like me or anything it just felt like i was witnessing like biology like at its genesis you know what i'm saying like whoa like i was seeing like biology like i was seeing like cells like like form and develop and like turning oh, holy into, shit okay yeah into like conscious like how much did you take dude <laughs> so this was uh acid 750 microgram see you so, i love i love acid man i really do i would <laughs> i would go to florida every year uh fort myers and me and my buddy would just drop some acid <laughs> and dude i mean the one thing that kept overplaying in my mind was yeah. life doesn't have to be so difficult everyone is making it so complicated yeah. just be and those yeah. were the words that just kept coming to my head is just be, just be, <laughs> just be. it can be so simple, dude. Like I'm just looking out at the ocean and yeah. everything is just so magnificent and beautiful and wonderful and interconnected. Yeah. And it's like, we're all, we're all on this planet as a human race together, but how the fuck is there so much division, dude? How is there? <laughs> How is it because your fucking skin color is darker than mine? I have a problem with you or you have a problem with me. That makes no fucking sense, dude. We're all earthlings. Like if an alien comes down to earth right now and threatens all of us, do you think we would give a fuck about what color you are, what color I am? No, man. Now there's a greater threat and now it doesn't even fucking matter. Like what if you're Republican or Democrat? And that's how all this shit is just such bullshit. But yeah. no one could like take the time and look at, holistically like take a fucking step back and think of it like that like, yeah don't pick a team and just be on that team we're fucking all humans let's all be on the same team you know like the earth is not going to be around forever so if you want to survive we have to get off the planet and you know get a, go to a different like colonize a different planet or live in space or some shit like that like we have to start thinking about shit like that if, if you really care about the human race yeah Dude, hundred percent. And that's like when I first was getting into psychedelics, that's like exact, I had those exact same realizations where I was like, dude, like if anything, like everyone needs to do this, like at least once to like get that reminder, get that like wake up call of what you just said, where it's like, Hey, we're just out here, you know, just, we all just want to have fun and love each other and just have a good day. Like that's all we really want at the end of the day. <laughs> For sure. We don't want to have bad days. And so like, why don't we just like focus on that instead of like hating on each other, deceiving each other, you know, and being stressed about shit all the time when there's no reason to, like when you said the ocean's right in front of you, why you might as well just go and check it out, go for a swim, man. And someone's going to tell me, fuck you because I'm a Blackhawks fan or cause I'm wearing these types of shoes. Like, what are we doing? Yeah. Really? Like that's how low it's gotten. Like, dude, yeah. that right there is primal shit. That is the primate coming out because mm -hmm. I'm wearing something that you have a problem with that. Yeah. Like, there's so much more. Like, get to fucking know me, man. I'm a human just like you. Yeah. Right? We're, we're all in this together. I, I, It bugs the shit out of me, man, when there's so many differences and if – like people don't help each other out and their uh, ego that's a huge thing is ego and mm. money ego and money has will, will change your best friend into fucking satan dude yeah like it's such an evil tool in my opinion yeah that's a fact dude definitely it'll do that yeah, yeah man <laughs>
<laughs> yeah, definitely. You're right, dude. Uh, and so well, yeah, you could see it, especially with uh, man. I mean, I mean, I guess it, I feel like things have like kind of cooled down a little bit. But you man, you just remember Facebook. Like when I go on Facebook a couple of years ago, and it's just like every single conversation is just like a verbal or like a you know a huge battle you know there's like 80 comments people are like oh i know you're a fucking idiot dude like yeah man <laughs> yeah twitter's a war zone too and i i gotta stay off of that because everything is just so negative man and and then it's like if you were a conspiracy theorist you would be like all right this shit is happening intentional to keep the divide yeah. so like rampant because there's no way there's no way for us to hate each other this much yeah. and for so much fuel to be like unleashed on these social media platforms. Yeah. And it's, it's done such a good job of disconnecting us as human beings. Like every single day, man, on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, like you always see a fight. Like you always see a fight. You always <laughs> see a fight. You always see a murder. Why is that? No one yeah. needs, like, we don't need to see that shit. Come on, man. Why is that in my feed? That does no good for anybody. And uh, I think there's like a human algorithm that I'm noticing. And what I mean is that the more that time goes on, people are watching more videos and they're starting to act out what they see. These mm -hmm. fights that I'm seeing, like if there's two white kids fighting, yeah. They will scream the N word over and over and over again. Like, why are you saying that? There's no reason for you to say that. But dude, in all the videos I see, like, like that's what you're watching online. And they're just picking it up and saying it. There's like key words and phrases that yeah. people use. And when people are in arguments, like mm -hmm. people are throwing out key words to make themselves feel like the victim, even if they were the one that started this shit. Yeah. Like they'll, they'll just throw out key words and victimize themselves it's so strange to see but it looks like an algorithm man like yeah. they're just scrolling through social media picking up this information and then go out into the real world and just like almost automatically spew it back out like not yeah. even knowing what it's doing it's really weird to see yeah no definitely dude you, i've seen that for sure and that's why like uh yeah i, I would say like you can see that definitely, especially with the younger kids right now. Like if they're watching TikTok and stuff like that, like they're definitely yeah. they're just developing personality traits that are like borrowed from the internet or from TikTok or something like definitely, that. So, yeah, dude, that's it. Bar yeah, borrowed from the internet. So like, which was interesting. Like you know, with all this shit, there's all this stuff that's gone down with like Andrew Tate, for instance. Like it yeah. was interesting with like him when I just first found about about Andrew Tate like I didn't I didn't really know anything about him I just would like see cool videos on YouTube about him talking about like shit that was like facts sometimes you know he'd be like yeah. oh yeah you gotta do this gotta work hard whatever I was like oh that's cool and then so like I didn't I didn't understand why he was like receiving a lot of negative criticism or anything or like pressing the ends that type of stuff mm -hmm. and then um you know like obviously I heard I was like hearing like oh whatever he said like misogynistic stuff or like whatever I, I would hear some of the things he was saying about women and a lot, a lot of things I did think were really crazy that he was saying. I was like, whoa. But then I was yeah. also like, I'm a grown ass man. Like, I'm not totally like, I'm not totally like, um, I didn't think it was like, I wasn't like hurt by hearing it, you know, cause I, cause like, I'm just like an adult. But then I was like, then once I started hearing like younger boys, I started running into some younger guys, like late teens and yeah. early twenties that liked his stuff. 
mm-hmm. then I would hear them kind of saying the things that he was saying. And they were kind of like on board with some of that more like, you know, like misogynistic shit that I like is like for me, it like went in one year out the other year. But then like once I would see like how some people were like really Im- starting to embody like this guy's like belief system entirely. Think was, about it, man. You got like, these teenagers whoa. in high yeah. school right now who are who are developing still. Their brains are not fully developed and they're yeah. going through this weird period of time. So they're going through puberty. Right. And they've probably been like tossed off by like thrown off by a lot of girls and stuff not going their way so what happens to that is they hear andrew tate kind of like yeah being misogynistic saying why why women are the way they are is because they're doing something wrong so of course that these young guys are going to latch onto that and be like well i'm not the problem andrew tate says they're the problem so yeah fuck them they're the problem that's yeah. toxic, dude. I know exactly yeah. what you're saying. You're spot yeah, on. Exactly. So I, I didn't like, you know, cause I'm not usually around like younger kids, but I finally got exposed to that. Like in the last few yeah. months where like, I did see guys that were really like, you know, on his side and like, he's a fucking man. And like, and then like kind of saying this, like some of the crazier misogynistic things. I was like, Whoa, I was like, okay. I was like, Oh, okay. I get it now. I get like, I get why it's like a big deal that people are kind of tripping about him gaining so much popularity because it's like it's like affecting yeah like the way the high schoolers are you know making their entire beliefs about the world and you know that could be yeah it's very dangerous you know if they're thinking that girls are like property you know that's like, a problem yeah it's like whoa dude you know and so and yeah so i yeah what you're saying about in, in general right how like these personality traits or like these beliefs are like becoming adopted by the consumers like everywhere, you know, they're being programmed basically is what it is. So it's, um, it's pretty wild, you know, and it's like, and there's also like, there's what's great is there happens to be this whole like awesome side as well, where you have like the right people doing the right things, like trying to encourage like, you know, humility, (laughs) you know, and like being disciplined and like helping each other out, spread love. Like there's definitely the right people doing the right things too, but you know, it gets, it can get, you know, the other stuff is a little bit more attractive and a little more crazy to talk about, you know? And so it always uh, has been right. Yeah. yeah. And so that kind of creates more buzz, you know, like I, one thing for me, like, cause I'm big into like getting people into like not watching porn anymore, you know? And right. so like when I, you go on Snapchat, dude, and it's like, here's like this only fans chick and she's doing this and that. Like, oh dude, I know. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like crazy. All, it's like they're like becoming like you know figures in society or like you know are like celebrities almost to some the fuck degree. out of here. <laughs> I'm like, whoa, dude! Like, this is not great. It's not a great idea. No, it's not. Would you <laughs> would you think that like all this negative stuff that's being implanted, almost like seeded into our culture, like yeah. is that a psyop from Russia or China or from some third world par- party? Because if you want to destroy a society yeah. like that would probably be the best way without even putting boots on the ground. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Or- it's, um, it's, yeah, I mean, it's hard to say because, well, that's kind of like, okay. So like, let's say, you know, let's say you're like part of the, you're on China's side. Like, let's say you're like big into China. Right. And like, and you're okay with like limiting f- speech and that type of stuff. Like, let's say like, that's like your idea, all ideology. Cause some people actually do prefer that versus like freedom of speech and like all of like the right. liberties that we have. Yeah. And uh, but for me personally, obviously maybe it's just cause I grew up this way. Like I prefer to have freedom of speech and more liberties, 
and stuff like that. You can have uh, this podcast, man. Thank God. Exactly, right? So that's how I am. (laughs) But like the people that are in, like if you know, if you're, if you're more on that belief that you want to limit speech and stuff and hide some truths, then like you can kind of avoid chaotic shit that could happen because when we have, when you have freedom of speech, it's like people can say whatever, like, insane stuff and like they might say stuff that's totally wrong they might be skewing the wrong audience they might be you know they might not be clear with their words and coming off wrong and saying things that are interpreted entirely differently and that could cascade into like a fire into like some dramatic you know crash and burn within a, a society too you know so you can see like we're not like perfect with our words so, but we definitely, we should not be limiting our words either. We got to expand upon our ideas. Yeah. So, I think the conversation has to be had. So both sides have to say their piece and then like hash it out, man, have a conversation. I mean, you don't have to use physical violence, like talk like adults, have a conversation. And you know, the answer is probably somewhere in the middle. I mean that you just have to be grown up about this shit, man. Yeah. And that's a real problem. Uh, people don't take accountability now. But why would people take accountability when we don't see our leaders taking accountability? Mm-mm. You know, it's from the top down, man. If you don't see like the president or like these officials, and yeah. I'm not just I'm not calling out Biden. I'm not calling out Trump. Just it's always been like this. Yeah. The, the top officials, they don't take accountability. It's always they pass it on to the next one or say it was the previous cabinet that did shit wrong. No accountability. So then guess what? Monkey see, monkey do. So that's why you see all this shit. Like people all people love to blame it on other people and play the victim card. And I hate that yeah. shit. I always take as as much as I can take accountability, unless it wasn't really me. Cause dude, when you take accountability, mm-hmm. yeah, it's going to be rough. It's supposed to be rough. So you learn from it, but you grow up as an individual, man. Like that's how you grow. It's a growing process. You don't mm-hmm. start off fully grown and alpha like we're all in a beta state like just trying to fucking grow and make our way to the end to the finish line so we can pass on the knowledge that we learn the best knowledge is when you fail when you fail yeah it sucks it hurts but you learn so much from that shit you can pass it down to your kids your grandkids so on and so forth so they don't make that mistake tell them what you learned from it you know dude straight up man that's what it is (laughs) that's exactly what it is like yeah, we have to, yeah, we just, we have to find our way through the accountability, you know, and especially like one thing that um, like, as far as that accountability goes, is like, yeah, we have to take a full ownership of those things. But, and then kind of getting back to what we were talking about with like your words too, it's like, you really got to honor your word, you know, like, I, I really like the, the four agreements. Have you heard the four agreements? No. What are they? It's like the first one is literally be impeccable with your word. <laughs> and it's like, uh, the, it was like a Toltecan tribe. They were like basically a pre-colonial, um, like pre-Hispanic um, tribe in Mexico near like in central Mexico. And that's like, mm-hmm. they had the four agreements. And so like the first one is be impeccable with your word. So it's like, if you don't understand or you can't tell the truth or you're not, or if you don't know how to, totally answer to a question like even admit that you know like there's no reason to like there's no reason to sort of like sidestep around a question or try to like play things off it's like like, complete transparency complete transparency and it's like you can see as soon as you're not transparent like that i guess that's like another lesson that was big in the um dale carnegie's book the 
um, how to win friends and influence each other. Yeah. Is that like be vulnerable, like number one. Sure. <laughs> yeah, like, dude. Admit yeah. Your, like your faults and like, and then be honest about the things that you do know, you know, speak with integrity say only what you mean. Yep. You know? So yeah, it's really cool. So I think that's something that's, it's super hard though. I mean, let's be honest. Like it's, it, there's not anyone that's, that's not guilty of lying. Complex, <laughs> complex species, man. We're complex beings. Uh, yeah. It could be so easy though, man. It could be so easy. Just be dude. Just, be. <laughs> just take a hit of acid and just be. <laughs> yeah. Just be, dude. Definitely. Yeah. You gotta, I think that's why this like whole inner work idea of like taking the psychedelics, like meditating, getting on, honest with yourself. Like the, I do a lot of writing too. I think like this, all this process of like going through your, you know, your growth is just like, man, it's just like, it's necessary. You know, I, with that, if, you know, if you're holding back, oh shoot, did we lose connection? Okay. No, we're no I'm still here. Okay. Yeah. You know, cause if you, you're kind of just holding back, you know, if you're not trying to get any better and like self-improvement, like in general, sometimes people are like, when they're newer to self-improvement stuff, they feel like it's kind of cheesy or it's like, you know, why do I have to like try to be good at things? Right. But it's like, well, yeah, I mean, why? It's like, once you get into it, you realize like, this is just like the way of life. Like you it really have to, is, man. You have to keep doing these things. Yeah. And you should get out of your comfort zone, man. I can't express that enough. Get out of your comfort zone. It's it's funny. Like I'll see a lot of people post, get out of your comfort zone, but it's like they say that when they've been doing the same goddamn thing for like 30 years. <laughs> like you haven't made it. You're not out of your comfort zone. Like what you're doing right now is comfortable. <laughs> right. So I guess it's like having an understanding of what that actually means. Uh, yeah. Like, yeah. Right. Yeah. You'll know when it's uncomfortable. <laughs> you'll know when it's uncomfortable, man. You probably won't be writing about it like <laughs> right away. You have to digest it and be like, well, that was uncomfortable. Why was it uncomfortable? All right. <laughs> yeah. But that's good. But yeah, then once you have the understanding, like that, even all those uncomfortable moments are just like making you better. It's just like yeah. super satisfying too. And you don't have to stress. You're just like, I'm. It's a lesson I'm learning. Yeah. <laughs> Ethan, man, we've done like hour and a half, probably almost two hours. Let's wrap this shit up. What do you say, man? Yeah, man, this is awesome, dude. This is a fun ass conversation, dude. I appreciate you coming here. Go ahead and uh, shill out some of your social media, your yeah. website. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm on Instagram at Ethan Etchart. Uh, I'm a fitness coach. Uh, I specialize in addictive behaviors as well. So if you're looking for some great content on how to like sell, you know, work on self improvement, get shredded, and then just keep growing your mind beyond that and get into meditation as well, check out my stuff. I'm also I'm also on TikTok. It's just Ethan Etchart as well, and then YouTube as well. YouTube Shorts and my website is EthanEtchartFitness.com. <laughs> Ethan, you're a pimp, man. Thanks. This was so fun, dude. I'll yeah. have you back on. We got probably tons more to talk about, dude. I'm excited to see where, where your journey takes you because you're always traveling and shit. So appreciate yeah. you for coming on, man. Thank you so much, dude. Yeah, thanks, man. I appreciate you inviting me, dude. It's great. We got to do it again. You're right. <laughs> we will. Everyone at home, do better. Yeah, do your best. <laughs>